Messianic Radio for a spiritually hungry world. Speak to the Rock. Get answers for your life. Find out what's missing in your Bible and why. Solace Radio. Changing lives one heart at a time. Shalom and welcome to Torah Kai, God's teachings of life from Congregation Zion's sake, a Messianic Jewish congregation located on the corner of Dimby Boulevard and Shields Road in Newport News, Virginia. Our biblical mandate as Jewish believers is to be a light unto the world by sharing Yeshua, Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, to the Jew first, then the nations as prescribed in Romans 1.16, bringing God's plan of salvation to the ends of the earth. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. One new world order. You know, we are witnessing and living in a profound, prophetic, end-time epoch of time. No mystery to anybody. We're all living it together. <laughs> I almost said something I loathe. You know what I'm getting tired of hearing? We're all in this together. No! We're not all in this together. We're suffering together. The world appears to be turning upside down. Good is bad. Bad is good. What's really unfolding before our very eyes? is the birth and implementation of the One New World Order. God's Word gives us a clear understanding of what the last days would entail. We know that until now the whole creation has been groaning as with pains of childbirth, as it says in Romans 8. We will walk this out in Scripture tonight. Yet many in the greater body and some in the cancel culture call this a conspiracy. I want to quote from Wikipedia. The New World Order, and they give it an acronym, NWO is a conspiracy theory which hypothesizes a secretly emerging totalitarian world government. The common theme in conspiracy theories about a new world order is that a secretive power elite with a globalist agenda is conspiring to eventually rule the world through an authoritarian world government which will replace sovereign nation states and an all-encompassing propaganda whose ideology hails the establishment of the new world order as the culmination of history's progress. That was Wikipedia, not mine. And from another Messianic organization that's not the MJAA, the IMCS, or the YMGA, not associated with us, and I quote, We recognize that leaders within the body of Messiah and even a few within the Messianic Jewish community have engaged in destructive uh, rhetoric which laid out a theological and ideological foundation for this event. This rhetoric has included false prophecies and elaborate conspiracy theories about a global cobble of elites. It almost quoted from Wikipedia. Now back to me. I'm not quoting any articles anymore. But as quoted from the global elitists themselves, who are controlling the media and, and right now destroying our First Amendment rights, Wikipedia is part of that liberal mainstream media. So, of course, they would report this as a conspiracy theory. Our world is extremely divisive with many insisting upon, many seeking a narrative which is advantageous to themselves, no matter how much lies and deceit it includes. At the same time, so many reject anything that's contrary to or threatens that narrative, regardless of how true it is. You know, the worst part is that it's becoming almost impossible to get to the truth, and I've said this four or five times in the last several months. Everyone's posting, sharing, emailing narratives and agendas that, that it, they're impossible to verify the facts, the truth, and who these people are. The press and media are part of the problem, while we are also, uh, also suffering from widespread suppression of our freedom of speech. To make matters worse, it is clearly evident that there are actors, even foreign agents involved, who are deliberately sowing confusion, creating fake news and false narratives for various reasons. It appears some people are generating fake information to either do people or they have some kind of weird sick pleasure in creating anarchy, chaos, through fake information. Either way, the end result makes life 
more difficult for all of us. This is why I've got a heartburn. I mentioned this Tuesday. This is why I have a heartburn with 99% of all the videos. And there are hundreds, if not thousands. I receive literally 25 to 45 of these a day. And I tell you what's the worst? The ones that are two and a half hours. Ah! Oh! And it's like, oh, you got to open immediately, Rabbi. you got to watch this right now. I click on it. I'm like, no, I'm not watching this ever. I started one of these videos in the first 20 minutes. Blah, 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 blah. Where's the info? This could be a two-minute video. Just stop it. Just tell me the stuff. And I, now I don't even want to hear it because almost all of it's malarkey anyways. These are being posted by average ordinary people, farmers, housewives, pastors, who in some supernatural way have access to PSYOPs, intel, and info from our national intelligence agencies that giving us dates and times of when the Stafford Act will be evoked and the election will be overturned. Who are these people? I'm going to share a short story from my time in a service that many of you in here will appreciate regarding real intel. My last duty station was a submarine training facility in Norfolk. Well, I got one or two there. I thought, come on, I know you're in here. What What did he say? And at that place, I ran the Integrated Undersea System Surveillance School, which was an intel school, and the curriculum was top secret. And so we have a former intelligence officer here. He'll understand this. I, most of my career, I had a top secret SCI clearance. This classroom was a double-vaulted, double-cipher-locked classroom. I'm not giving away any secrets. Don't get antsy. All of our SCSI drives were pulled in the evening, and then we had double cipher lock safes that the top secret SCSI drives went into. And the beauty of this is, and, and this, is, this is my favorite part, being in charge of the schoolhouse, you know what I did? Pretty much nothing. It was my last duty station. We were working here. The congregation was started. And so I spent half my time there working on stuff for Shabbat service. And one of my favorite pastimes, and this is a shout-out to the Air Force. I don't do this often. But contrary to Al Gore, he did not invent the Internet. We had it in the military long before y'all civilians got it. So we had both. We had the Internet and we had the Cipernet. And the Cipernet is uh, segregated from, the, doesn't even have any conductivity with the Internet. And it was all military bases, military sites. And one of my favorite hobbies was to log on to the Air Force intelligence websites and watch the live stream satellite feed. Man, I got gassed out of that stuff. I would, that's half my day. I'm like, oh, 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 man, look at this. Now, we weren't getting the stuff where they zoomed in and you're counting your eyebrows, nor do we have control of it. I could just see the live stream. Now, let me put this into perspective. This is before the second Gulf War started. And so for six months, and all of us that were active duty there were like, come on, either shoot them or stop it. But we were, we saber rattled for six months. They've got this, they've got that here. We're going to do this. We're coming, we're coming, we're coming. You know, our experiences are, don't tell them you're coming. Show up at the front door with everything you've got, and they'll figure it out when you're there. Warfare and civility are oxymorons. It's not how it works. And so at this time, remember the key word? Weapons of mass destruction. This is all about weapons of mass destruction. Not these two, but real weapons of mass destruction. And so month after month, President Bush, we're hearing this from, you know, uh, Secretary of Defense, weapons of mass destruction. Every day, for hours, I would watch trucks from Iraq cross into the Syrian border. Trucks with missiles on the back. Tanker trucks. Now, I can't speak Aramaic, but skull and crossbones is international language. And many of those trucks had skull and crossbones on it. And I mean every day for two months. Convoys of these trucks. And I'm just sitting back looking at the Cipernet going, the longer we keep talking, the bigger the convoys get rolling on into where? Syria. And so we invaded, 
We finally take over the place that we should have done in 1991. And guess what we don't find? Now we had a big political scandal. Oh, there's no weapons. <laughs> nothing. Hey, wait, time out. Not long after this, we have a Syrian construction site where they're making a reactor to make nuclear weapons. Where did they get that stuff from? Iraq. Israel bombed it. Thank you, brothers. Then they go into a civil war. And what's their prime minister put upon his own people? Chemical warfare and gas. Guess where it came from? Iraq. Now, why did, why was that not in the press? I don't know. It's not for me to know. My pay grade wasn't high enough. And that's one of the few things I miss in retirement is actually being in the know. You know, for four or five years afterwards, I still had people I knew. I could pick up the phone, dude, what's really happening? And I could get a download, you know, unclassified, but you, you get the picture of what's happening. I shared this on a Facebook live. If, if you meet someone and in the first sentence they tell you they're a Navy SEAL, they're not a Navy SEAL. They're lying like a rug. If you meet someone for the first time and in the first two sentences they tell you that they're a PSYOPs Intel specialist, I promise you they're not. Because those of us in here who had that clear, we're still bound by secrecy papers that we signed that said we will not divulge a secret, little, 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 you know. So how does this farmer sitting in his chicken coop in Nebraska have all the PSYOPs intelligence information and, and no one ever tells you where it's coming from? That, you know, and then a video, I get the video that says it's going down tonight at nine o'clock. Well, I go back and look at the video and it was posted ten days ago. So far, all these videos have posted have proven to be absolutely false. Absolutely. And I believe this is why, as I shared earlier, people want things to fit into their narrative, regardless of the truth. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 3, it says, For the time is coming when people will not have patience for sound, which is uncorrupted truth, sound, or whole teaching. Bill will cater to their passions, and, 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 and parents, you could put their narrative, and gather around themselves teachers who say whatever their ears itch to hear. We are in those days that regardless of the evidence, regardless of the truth, you can lay out all the facts on the table, and they're going to call you a liar, fake What's really going to happen is they're going to scream as loud as possible and silence you. That is the cancel culture that we live in today. It doesn't matter if it's truth or not. We're just going to shut you down because it's contrary to our narrative. And, and a lot of this is, People don't want to be uncomfortable. They don't want their wonderful lifestyles to change. People don't want to hear of the possibility of difficult times or even tribulation. If we serve the Most High God of Israel, then we must stand on biblical truth regardless of the white noise, the social media, the screaming voices of the cancel culture. The Word of Adonai tells us the truth and reveals that there is, in fact, a one-world government that's coming to be, and it won't be good. Let's start in Daniel, chapter 7, starting in verse 19. I have two passages tonight that are a little bit lengthy, not forever, but everything's packed into these verses, so we have to read it. Starting in verse 19. Daniel said, Then I wanted to know what the fourth beast meant, the one that was different from all the others. So very terrifying, with iron teeth and bronze nails, which devoured, crushed, and stamped its feet on what was left. And what the ten horns on its head meant, and the other horn which sprang up before which three fell. The horn that had eyes and a mouth speaking arrogantly and seemed greater than the others. Verse 21, I watched and that horn made war with the holy ones and was winning. Can we say that again? That horn made war with the holy ones and was winning. Until, verse 22, the ancient one came. Judgment was given in favor of the holy ones of the Most High. And the time came for the holy ones to take over the kingdom. 
This is what he said. The fourth animal will be a fourth kingdom on earth. It will be different from the other kingdoms. It will devour the whole earth, trample it down, and crush it. It will devour the whole earth. That doesn't mean we're, we're separated into autonomous zones of self-government. It will conquer the entire earth. Every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. Verse 24 is for the ten horns out of this kingdom. Ten kings will arise, and yet another will arise after them. Now, he will be different from the earlier ones, and he will put down three kings. Verse 25, he will speak words against the Most High and try to exhaust the holy ones of the Most High God. He will attempt to alter the seasons, Zaman, which is Aramic, which means the set times, the season, the appointed times. We're talking about the feast days. And the law, which in Aramic, because remember, Daniel's written in where? Persia, Babylon and Persia. So it's written in Aramic. The law is daf in Aramic, which means Adonai's decree, law, edict, regulations is Torah. So this kingdom and the one that rules it, which we'll refer to as the anti-Messiah, will attempt to alter what? God's calendar and Torah. Let's pause there for a second and let that sink in. An overwhelming majority of today's believers do not follow God's calendar and say Torah's done away with. Not make any accusations of who they serve. Just let that sink in for a second. And the holy ones will be handed over to him for a time, times and half a time. Here we have this again. But when the court goes into session, he will be stripped of his rulership, which will be consumed and completely destroyed. Then, verse 27, the kingdom, the rulership, the greatness of the kingdoms of the whole heaven will be given to the holy ones of the Most High. Their kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all rulers will serve and obey them. This is the Messianic reign. And so a couple may be saying, well, how in the world can he get there from here? He's reading from Daniel. Great question. We're going to get there in a minute. So let's list what's happening here. A fourth and last kingdom, the beast, will arise, and it's terrifying. Many of you that got that pit in your stomach right now, yeah, that's what this is. The ten horns are sovereign states, political entities, small and large, that rule concurrently with the primary one world order, the political power of the time, the beast. This fourth kingdom devours the earth. The beast conquers all, establishing a new world order, this one world government. But see, here, here's the power in this, and this is why this is such a struggle. God has told you 2,500 years ago how it's going to be. Here's the deal. So, Hasatan, he knows the word better than most believers. In fact, when he tempted Yeshua in the desert, what did he hit him four times? The word of God. Your word says blah, blah, blah. And Yeshua will reply with, the word says blah, blah, blah. Man should not live on bread alone, you know. And so here we have this subversive move that's telling you, and remember, what does this beast, this anti-Messiah do? Attempt to change the word. So this very thing you just read, a one world, you, you go to look up the source. Oh, silly kids, that's a conspiracy. No such thing as global elitist. No such thing as this. No wonder, well, let's just hold hands, sing kumbaya. And turn cable TV back on. You'll forget all about this stuff. So the beast conquers with these ten kings, the ten political powers that will rise out of it. It makes war on God's holy people for a time and a time and a half. And for a season, it wins. That's a stuff, tough pill to swallow. But I'm reading directly from the word. And so what, what this is, is the ability for us to wrap our minds around this and get ready. I'm going to share with you this evening. We're not talking a hundred years in the future. Days, weeks, and months. It speaks words blaspheming against the Most High God while exhausting the Holy Ones of the Most High God. Can I, can I be transparent with you? Between March and right now, I'm just tired. I'm exhausted. I, I'm not laying it down. I'm not quitting the fight. 
But every day, we have to get up and put on the full armor of God and go to war. It has been war every day since March 1st, 2020. And you know, the, the real problem isn't the outside world. It's in the body. Three-fourths of my issues isn't coming from those who are serving, you know, asteroid poles, and they could care less. It attempts to alter the seasons, the law, the feast days, Torah, God's calendar, and His Word. The holy ones are handed over to the beast for a time, time and a half a time. This is Edan and Ermic, which is one year. So we're talking about two and a half years or so. We're handed over to the beast. Not a hallelujah moment. It will be one of our darkest hours. But then comes the time for judgment. Adonai's court will go into session. This ruler is stripped of its rulership and completely destroyed. Then the kingdom, the rulership, and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to us, the holy people of the Most High God. We win. And their kingdom, it says, is an everlasting kingdom. That's Yeshua. This is the Messianic reign. And all rulers will serve and obey them, Zechariah, or they won't be blessed. The rain won't fall upon them. There's multiple areas of Scripture in this. I just kept it to two sources. Or we'd be here till tomorrow morning. This is why the nations are in a rage. They don't want to give up the power. They don't want to lose their seat of prominence. But it's useless because Psalms 2 says, Adonai, he laughs at them. <laughs> and then it goes on to say about this court, he will stand up. It'll be a terrifying moment. In parallel, there are other things unfolding at this time. Of course, persecution, oppression, the Holy of Holies is reestablished. And I've shared this before, but it's been a little while. I'm going to say this again because people are saying, well, i got time because the temple's not rebuilt. Nowhere does it say that's going to happen in Scripture. What it says is the anti-Messiah defiles the Holy of Holies. Well, what does that mean? That means when the ark is... And I, this, now, pause. I'm not quoting Scripture or any reference material. This is just Rabbi's opinion. I'm opining right now. This is my opinion. I believe in my heart that Israel has the ark. I believe it in my totality. There's been more than enough evidence and things revealed that in the 80s it was discovered. They shut that archaeologist down. I believe Israel has it. But Israel knows the minute they, that they bring this thing out, they know we're going right into this. And it's not the right time. Now, we have two complete Mishkan tabernacles in the land of Israel with everything, including the priestly garments, the snuffers for the ashes, everything, the gold menorah. We have it all. So, so don't get in your head that we're, we're going to have something like St. John's Cathedral built on the Temple Mount. And until that dome is destroyed, you know, no. You could, tomorrow morning, you could wake up, they've got the ark, and it's in the Mishkan. I mean, for those of us in Ariel, we go to that thing. It's beautiful. But these things, that they're happening in parallel. And we have another incredible, almost identical account of this revealed in Revelation 13, starting at verse 1. And it's, 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 it's almost, not identical, but almost. And I saw a beast come up out of the sea with what, ten horns, seven heads. On its horns were ten royal crowns, and on its heads blasphemous names. Verse 2, the beast which I saw was like a leopard, but with feet like those of a bear and a mouth like that of a lion. It's terrifying, just like Daniel said. The beast which I, I'm sorry, to it the dragon, Hasetan, gave its power, its throne, and great authority. One of the heads of the beast appeared to have received a fatal wound, but his fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth followed after the beast in amazement. They worshiped the dragon because he had given his authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, who is like the beast, who can fight against it? Can I back up for a second? Who does this? The whole earth. Who's worshiping the beast? The whole earth. Verse 5, it was given a mouth speaking arrogant blasphemies, and it was given authority to act for 42 months. 
So it opened its mouth in blasphemies against God to insult his name, his Shekinah, and those living in heaven. It was allowed to, oh, uh-oh. It was allowed to make war on God's holy people to defeat them. It's very somber. It's the second time we've read this. Daniel 7 says the same thing. Now, Revelation 13, verse 7. It was allowed to make war on God's holy people and to defeat them. It was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. Can I say that again? It was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. That's a one new world government. And everyone living on earth will worship it, except... Now, here's your prayer this weekend. Start seeking God and pray you're the exception. There's a caveat here. Except those whose names are written in the book of life, belonging to the Lamb slaughtered before the world was founded, those who have ears, let them hear. Every Yom Teruah, the Yom Kippur, the ten days of all, for almost 20 years I've spoken about the Sefer HaChem, the book of life. And you wouldn't believe the pushback we've gotten in the decades about that. Yet here it is written in the book of Revelation. Most believers have no idea what this is. They have no concept. Why? Because they've been deceived. Remember, this anti-Messiah, this beast alters, attempts to alter the word of God. It attempts to. What does that mean? God's word's not altered. What's altered is the perception and the understanding of it. And people who reject it because, why? Here we are, right back in the beginning. It doesn't fit their narrative. Huh. Like Daniel 7, we see a terrible beast, a horrific beast. The seven heads of the beast may represent seven governments, the primary political powers that have dominated through human history. This is a possibility. I'm not saying this is it. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome, and Anglo-American, which, notice this is the last one. We've already discussed the ten horns. That represents these political powers, small and large, the ten crowns in each horn, revealing each nation that rules concurrently with the beast, the one world government and sole political power of the time. See, it needs help. In the Holocaust, the Shoah, do you, only one out of 50 guards in all the camps were Nazis. We look at Auschwitz, Bergen-Belsen, and immediately what comes to their mind, your swastikas and Nazis. Only one in 50 was a Nazi. Who were the others? <laughs> Poles, the French, Romanians. See, because anti-Semitism wasn't relegated to just the German people. And they were happy to do it. And so they're subservient governments and people on this earth that will willingly serve the beast. Because it fits their narrative. This is also recorded in Revelation 17. When Dean's book is published, you can get it. It covers all this in greater detail than I can do this evening. Hasetan gives this beast its power and its authority. Why will the people worship it? Because the body of Messiah is so estranged from God, so dry, that we don't see miracles every day. Most bodies are completely powerless. So when something shows up and starts moving in the supernatural, in droves, they will go to this and worship it. Why? Because one of these heads received a fatal wound. Was it fatal? But appears to be healed. Because of this, then the whole earth followed after the beast in amazement. They worshipped the dragon because he had given his authority to the beast. And they worshipped the beast. Now the problem is, you know, we take this literally. And so we think of beast and a dragon. Well, I would never worship a dragon. Well, it's not a literal dragon. It's a representation of entities and political powers. We have many dynamic, charismatic leaders alive today that could easily fill this. This dragon won't smell and vomit fire. It's going to be in our Armani $4,000 suit. Very charismatic and smiling and good looking. They worship the dragon because he had given his authority to the beast 
And they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like the beast? Who can fight against it? Like Daniel 7, the beast speaks these arrogant blasphemies against God, insulting his name and his glory. And again, like Daniel, it makes war against us, the holy ones of God. And we are defeated, not forever, but for a time and a time and a half. The beast was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation, the one new world order. Everyone living on earth will worship it, except except those whose names are written in the Sefer HaChaim, the book of life, belonging to the Lamb, slaughtered before the world was founded. Those who have ears, let them hear. As we continue on to read in the book of Revelation, we see judgment that comes that's followed by the establishment of the Messianic reign, the Messianic kingdom here on earth, as Yeshua returns to rule. It's a short paraphrase, but it's a lot of chapters, you know. But it parallels Daniel. So where am I going with this? <laughs> dark days are ahead. Very dark. This is not a jump up and down, roll around, run around the sanctuary, Holy Spirit, hallelujah message. In fact, most believers, they, they don't want to talk about this. They don't want to confront this. They don't want to look at this because it's so disturbing. It's a very, very difficult time for us. Both accounts tell us of this season that the beast will defeat us until Yeshua returns. This is why there's such a dread and that knot in your stomach about what we face. The new world order is no conspiracy theory, but they want you to believe it's a conspiracy as the beast wants to alter the change, want to alter and change the word of God and the beast wants you to worship it. So if this is a conspiracy and you believe it, then the beast is good. There are those who proclaim they are believers, yet they will worship the beast. I shared several months ago about the true worshipers Yeshua talked about in John 4 verse 23. The fact that he states that the true worshiper will do this tells us that there is untrue worshipers. The names of those who are not true worshipers are not recorded in the book of life. They are the ones who will worship this beast. Those whose names are written in the book will not accept or worship this beast. This reveals the absolute necessity of restoring the entire word of God in its totality. So many outside of Congregation Zion's sake and the Messianic movement have no clue what this book of life is. Except us and the movement and our Oasis radio family. Well, we talked about this this fall, and we talked about the layout and the eschatology of the fall feast and the, the, the book of life. I don't know how many, I mean, hundreds, hundreds of DVDs and CDC, CDs poured out of this place from our radio listening family. So I, I appreciate that God is, is a, a providing the platform to get the truth out so that those who have ears, let them hear. A day of reckoning is soon upon the Mahdi of Messiah and the world. I'm going to sound like a broken record, because this is probably the fourth or fifth time I've mentioned this in the last six months. I have no choice. This takes me directly back to Matthew 7, verses 13 through 23. I'm putting a few more verses in here. But the first one we're so familiar with, go in through the narrow gate. What are we talking about? The kingdom of God and salvation. Go in the narrow gate. For the gate that leads to destruction is wide and the road broad, and many travel it. This is straight from the master himself. He could be speaking to the greater body of Christ today right now. Verse 14, but it's a narrow gate and a hard road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The word that kept coming to me all week in this is persevere. This is a time when great perseverance upon the people of God is required. Great perseverance. We don't stop struggling. We don't stop persevering. Why? Because the narrow gate is a hard road, and only a few find it. That's chilling. That's sobering. Because every believer, every Christian, every Messianic Jew says, I'm going to heaven. And I'm telling you, based upon the words of Yeshua, they are not. In fact, according to Yeshua, few find it. Few. Not everybody. Few. But 
Listen to where he goes now. Verse 15, beware of the false prophets. They come to you wearing sheep's clothing, but underneath they are hungry wolves. And they send me videos every day that says, tonight at 9 o'clock it's going down. That's not a joke. You'll recognize them by their fruit. Karpos in the Greek. Fruit, the fruit of trees, vines, or of the fields. That which originates or comes from something and affect a result of one's work, actions, or deeds. You'll know them by what they do. You'll know them by their fruit. Can people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Verse 17, likewise, every healthy tree produces good fruit, but a poor tree produces bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit or a poor tree good fruit. Any tree that does not produce good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. It's exactly what he said in John 15. So you'll recognize them by their fruit. This answers how do we hear the truth. As Rabbitson says, time tells all things. You wait it out. And as I shared last week, how do you know a prophet is true? Because the words they speak come to pass. What we're immersed in today are sheep in wolves' clothings that are deceiving the greater body of Messiah. False word, a false prophet, and the fruit proves who they are. Then he goes, listen, this, this is one thought process from the master. So we started with, go through the narrow gate. Then we have this dialogue about deception and the false prophets, wolves in sheep clothing, and bearing fruit. And we go right into verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who do what my Father in heaven wants. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we expel demons in your name? Didn't we perform many miracles in your name? Didn't we produce all these videos and tell everyone when the Stafford Act would happen? Then I will tell them to their faces, I never knew you. Get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Amazingly, sandwiched into the middle of Yeshua's narrow gate passages, he gives great detailed insight about the true worshipers who will worship the Father spiritually and truly and bear fruit. Yeshua said we must be aware of the false prophets. No other time in human history has this been as critical as it is today right now. We'll know them by their fruit. That's how we will recognize them. This is how you're able to discern truth. You'd be shocked how many things I have recently blocked and banned from our social media. I'm not waiting for the third or fourth round. First time I get it, it's malarkey, banned, delete. I don't want to hear another word from that person or that entity or, or whatever, whoever they're working for. Then Yeshua, after all that dialogue, says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. How many things are done in his name, but they're not the true worshipers? I mean, you get the, it says that they expel demons. They prophesy in his name. You know how many times I've heard these things? Thus saith the Lord. But uh, <clears throat> the words don't come to pass. I'm going to be as bold to tell you that probably 99% of the prophetic voice working in America today are false. And it could be 99.5. Now, I promised you last week, next Friday, I'm going to stand right here and repent for one of two things. But surely you'll want to come back because I, w- I will carry out my word. I'll either repent for listening to the false prophetic voices, or I'll repent for not listening to them. But we're going to know in a handful of days. Thank God it's not another 60 days. I can't take it. Thank God. We're down to the single digits now. We used to say in the military, single digit midget. It's going to be crystal clear in just a few days. But these untrue worshipers, those who are not written in the book of life, they're defined in 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. They retain the outer form of religion. But see, here's the deal. Because to us, that authenticates when we hear stuff from them, because we see a title, because we see a talit, because we see somebody standing in a, well, I'm pastor so-and-so, 
and I've just got the PSYOPs information from my cornfield in Iowa. Of all the things I acquired in 22 years, I not once have ever shared one state secret with anybody. As many people of God as I met and the things I've heard, and there, there's, there's been a lot of times I could have come up and said, hey, cowboy, <clears throat> what you just said is completely wrong, and here's why I could have laid it right out. I've never done that in my life. So I'm going to stand before you and tell you right now that every patriot, every true servant of the republic is not dishing out information to people sitting in their laundry room making these videos, pumping them out to you. They retain the outer form of religion, but they deny its power. What does it say? Stay away from them. Get away from them. Turn it off. Delete it. Blank it out. I read that after the little Twitter, Facebook fiasco, and the oppression of freedom of speech, they've lost $51 billion. You know, I said this 20 years ago. Of all the horrible stuff we watch on TV, and everyone's getting disgusted by even regular TV now. You know why it's on? You're watching it. Don't throw tomatoes at me. It's called ratings. And if the ratings are bottom out, they take it off. If the ratings soar, it keeps coming back and coming back and coming back. Well, if 80% of Americans are believers, what they're watching on TV tells me something totally different. If everyone just deleted Twitter, that'd be the end of it, or they'd be begging you to come back. See where this is going? We could drastically alter the media and the movies and what we see on cable TV. We aren't doing it. That's Some of you in here, you're watching this stuff. I'm sorry. I'm not the judge. I'm not convicting you. I'm just telling you. The statistics tell me right off the bat, you're watching it, which is why it's on. Workers without Torah, a sign of the anti-Messiah in Daniel 7.25. He'll attempt to alter the seasons and the law. So how do we get to this place? How does this happen? How do we get to where we're at right now? <laughs> Spirit of fear. You're two-thirds of the way in it. I'm pausing for a second. I'm coming back. I almost never do this. I'm opining again. This is my opinion. I want you to be crystal clear. I'm not quoting scripture. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a political science expert. But with my limited background and knowledge and the response that happened over a year ago, I truly, honestly don't believe communist China released this on purpose. They weaponized it. But the way they freaked out and responded tells me that this wasn't on purpose. They sent massive amounts of army units, their top generals and staff, to contain this thing and put the genie back in the bottle. But it was too late. However, we have those in the world right now that never let the opportunity of a crisis pass. And it's provided a perfect opportunity through fear to start the process. And we're now nine months into it. You don't believe me? Go stand in the middle of Walmart and cough. <laughs> How many times have you seen someone driving down the road with their mask and plastic shield over the face in their own car? Never come out of your house again! Go home and stay home! Everything you can order online and be delivered to the house. Why, for the love of God, are you out in public? That person should be quarantined and locked down forever. And I'm sure I'm going to get some negative feedback and hate mail over this, but just the insanity of it. If they had the window down, I'd, I'd give them 50-50. <laughs> but the windows are up! We've got a perfect biblical example of this. Yosef the Dreamer. Seven years of fat, seven years of lean. Listen, when that famine came in Egypt, it was so severe. It was so severe. Listen, I, is it true or not? We'll find out. I just read this afternoon that there's ten places in the U.S. now that super COVID has been discovered. That it's three times more. Um, what's it? Yeah, that you get it quicker than the than the old one, super spreader. Wait, that's no. Anyways, never mind. That's what goes behind a tractor. 
And that's most of what you're reading. <clears throat> Get away from the back of the tractor. This famine was so severe that the Egyptians used all their cash to buy the grain back from Joseph. Problem is that the money ran out. So then they ran out and traded all the livestock to Pharaoh for grain. And then pretty soon that was exhausted. And then the Egyptians sold themselves and their land to Pharaoh for grain for food. Genesis 47, starting at verse 21. As for the people, he reduced them to serfdom city by city from one end of Egypt's territory to the others. You ever pondered why Joseph wasn't the patriarch to carry forth in leadership after Yaakov died? Judah. Joseph, come on, he's the number two in all of Egypt. What a powerful man. You'd think, oh, who's here? We're going to pass the kingdom on through him. Nope. As much as he's one of our patriarchs, the dreamer, <laughs> he had no compassion. All that grain, don't you think he could have just said, just take it? Uh, he was very shrewd. And he reduced the people to serfdom city by city, from one end of Egypt's territory to the other. This isn't written anywhere. But do you think the leadership in Egypt understood this? And so when it comes time to pass, there's a lot of us, hey, man, we're going to put them in slavery now. Only the priest's land, verse 22, did he not acquire because the priests were entitled to provisions from Pharaoh, and they ate from what Pharaoh provided them. Therefore, they did not sell the land. Verse 23, then Yosef said to the people, as of today, I've acquired you and your land for Pharaoh. Here is seed for you to sow the land. When harvest time comes, you're to give 20% to Pharaoh. 80% will be yours to keep the seed to plant in the fields as well as for your food. And for that of your households and your little ones, they replied, you've saved our lives. We're all in this together. You saved our lives. So the places, my Lord, will be the Pharaoh's slaves. Yosef made it a law for the country of Egypt, valid to this day, that Pharaoh should have 20%. Only the property belonging to the priest did not become Pharaoh's. I tell you what, I'd rather live in Egypt. You're paying way more than 20%. You're already a serf, and you don't know it. You don't own your land. It's not yours. I don't care if you paid the mortgage off or not. Go one year, don't pay the taxes. Who takes it? Pharaoh! We're already serfs, and they're not coming for the last of it. We're in an hour where we must be as meek as lambs, as sly as a serpent, or we're going to wind up in that position. It's already started. So what do we do? Luke 12, verse 35, be dressed for action and have your lamps lit. It's time for war. As the world continues to spiral downward and out of control, as shocked as we are, it's all in the Word. All nations will turn against Israel. All nations. The new administration is already laying out plans to divide the nation of Israel for a Palestinian state. According to pre-1967 lines, I read a four-page article on it. He who touches Israel touches the apple of God's eye. He who judges Israel brings judgment upon the nation. Bill Koenig's Eye to Eye. Go get that book. You'll see what's coming. Shocking, even repugnant news is released every day, worse than the day before. Soon the shofar will sound, and all this chaos, this anarchy will be done. And God's kingdom will be reestablished here upon the earth. I must be ready. I must be dressed for action. I must have my lamp lit at this very hour. It's very, very close. Remember the ten bridesmaids. Five were ready. Five were not. This has been a very hard, difficult, and taxing word this evening. But it's reality, and it's not conspiracy. And I want to close this dross with a supernatural word of hope and encouragement. We know what difficult days we're living in. We know it's going to get worse. But I want to close on a positive note with good news. A hope that's worth celebrating. In the end, we win. There's a covenant promise from those of us who win the victory. Revelation 21, starting at verse 2. Also, I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride, 
beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the, ro- from the throne room saying, See, God, Shekinah is with mankind, and He will live with them. That was His cry to us in Exodus. He wants to live in you. They will be His people, and He Himself, God with them, will be their God. Verse 4, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will no longer be any death. There will no longer be any mourning, crying, or pain, because the old order has passed away. I promise you, for those who persevere, those who go through that two and a half year time period, PTSD will be nothing compared to the trauma we will experience in that time. But when he returns, when that shofar sounds, it will be all wiped away. He will wipe every tear from your eye. He will give supernatural shalom to your heart, to your soul. And in the presence of God, you'll forget all this other stuff in the past because it has passed passed away. Verse 5, then the one sitting on the throne said, look, I'm making everything new. And he said, write these words are true and trustworthy. Not conspiracies, not fake news, not false prophecies. He said to me, verse 6, it is done on the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the end, to everyone who's, who's thirsty, I myself will give water free of charge from the fountain of life. Verse 7, he who wins the victory receives these things, Clairon Omeo, which is the inheritance, to obtain by right of inheritance, to be an heir. In Messianic usage is the one who receives his allotted possessions by right of being called a child of God. Psalms 105 says, I will give you the inheritance. It is the nations. What do we read in Revelation 13 and Daniel 7? We will rule with him and the nations will be subservient to us. There's one more new world order coming. And it's called the Messianic Reign. And it will stamp out all this other bulligan and nonsense and this beast. And it will be over. And it ends with, I will be his God and he will be my son. The kingdom, the rulership, the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven will be given to the holy people of the Most High God. It's an everlasting kingdom. Daniel 7, verse 27. But the action part of this tonight is, which worshiper are you? We either have true worshipers or those who aren't truly worshiping. And this isn't relegated to just here. those that are watching, those who will hear this over the airwaves. It's time of getting right with God. And I mean, this is a reality, get real, get it right with Him moment. Because I don't think you've got six months or a year. It's coming. And those who aren't destroyed in this are those whose names are written in that book of life. We don't have time to wait for Yom Teruah to come back to this. And with great transparency, it's a time of seeking God, a time of entering in, a time of of fasting, a time of prayer. To ensure that A, your name is written in that book, and B, what's the second key to this? Producing fruit. Those who don't produce fruit are what? Cut off, cut down. John 15, we just read it in Matthew 7. There's an underlying second message to this. I might just start re-preaching. I won't. Hey, don't worry. Everything's closed at 10 o'clock anyways. (laughs) 
Normally everyone dances. We've got to get down to the restaurant. That hasn't happened since March. He who is wise wins souls. Second time I've said it in two weeks. We need to start being about our Father's business. And it's not what happens in D.C. It's about bearing fruit. Get busy. I'll tell you a secret. If 500 people show up here next week, we'll see them. Hear what I'm saying? I don't care too much about this whole red dot thing in every other row. Because what's important to God isn't this. It's bearing fruit. And if you're a true worshiper, your name is in that book of life, and you're about His business, no weapon formed against you can prosper. You have nothing to fear. In the end, we will be Kohanim of Adonai and Yeshua, and we will rule with them. Let's rise. I know it's been a heavy night. But to be honest with you, you know, we've got to go to the edge and look. We can't stick our heads in the sand and pretend this isn't coming. Because it is. But He does this that we can be prepared and get ready. With that word of encouragement, we win. But bear in mind, it's a narrow gate. Narrow. Father, right now in Yeshua's name, I'm just laying all this before you, Father God. Because I know your word is truth. It's infallible. And that's where my trust lies. Not in governments. Not in congressional edicts. Not in the EU. Not in the United Nations. But on you and you alone. You're the source of our life and our salvation, our redemption, our sustenance. In you we will win the victory, but only in you. Not in any other power on this earth. So, Father, strip away the things in us that aren't of You. Strip away the love for the world. Strip away the comfort and the desire to not be made uncomfortable. And let us boldly be about bearing fruit for Your kingdom. Father, remove from every one of us the distractions and the white noise that we may truly be one. That's what the world will find believing. Return the power to your body, O God. Let signs and wonders once again follow them that believe. Let us clearly hear your voice in this hour. O God, we need you. We need a word. Comfort your people, Abba Father. We remove any spirit of fear and panic. Tonight, right now, by the blood of the Lamb, is wiped away to be known no more. We lose boldness. We lose courage. We lose tenacity upon your people this evening, Father God. A boldness to share the kingdom. A boldness to seek you in truth and in spirit.
thank you, Abba Father. We thank you that you love us so much that you told us in advance. That we, your people, will not be caught by surprise. That we will be dressed for action and our lamps will be lit. We honor you, Abba Father. We worship you. And we say, Hanani, use us. We're obedient. We're standing in the gap. We will do what you want us to do. In Yeshua's mighty name we pray. Amen. And all. Thank you for listening in. For your love offering of $7 or more, you can have a copy of today's teaching. Call us at 757-874-3303. That is 757-874-3303. Or visit zionsake.org. For your love offering of $15 or more, you can receive a copy of Rabbi Carlson's groundbreaking prophetic book, Is God Done with America? Rabbi Eric Carlson is an anointed, powerful, sought-out church and conference speaker. To have him speak at your church or host a One New Man conference, call today to schedule this Jewish believer in Jesus to come to your congregation with supernatural, holy fire, revival, and fresh manna from heaven. Follow us on social media and live stream with us every Friday at 7.30 p.m. Our mission is to spread the good news of Messiah Yeshua to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, as prescribed in Romans 1.16. Shalom, and may the living God of Israel bless you and keep you. I wish to personally thank all of our listeners for their prayers and support as we press for the awakening and revival of America and for Jewish revival through the one new man of Ephesians 2.15. God has given us a supernatural vision to be in 1,000 radio stations and 100 TV stations. This is a vision beyond us, but that's how we know it's from Him. For with God, all things are possible. Through listeners like you, we've begun adding additional airtime already. You are making a difference as we take the good news around the world. I'm asking for your continued help and support to purchase more airtime and saturate the airwaves with God's Word and Spirit and truth with your gifts. We have a retired couple who repeatedly sends us $1,000 at a time. Again, gifts, small or large, are... Deeply appreciate it. God decreed a covenant promise of those who stand with us, the Jewish people, in Genesis 12:3. I will bless those who bless you. Thank you for being a blessing and standing with us. Until the shofar sounds, I'm Rabbi Eric Carlson. May the Lord God of Israel bless you and keep you.